Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. you to turn your Bibles, if you will, please, to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, we, um, every fifth Sunday, we observe communion here at Victory Church, and I know you're going to say, one, two, three, four, this is not the fifth, this is the fourth. Something else we are here at Victory Church, we are flexible, right? Uh, we kind of, once we get kind of set in something, we usually move the cheese, and uh, but I decided to go ahead and move it up one Sunday because next Sunday is our big friend day Sunday, right? And so we want to hope, hopefully and prayerfully that you're inviting your friends. And I know several of you have told me that you've got people that you've invited and you're bringing them and hopefully they're coming to church. And I want us all to get involved in inviting someone to church uh, for next Sunday. And so hopefully we have this place packed out next Sunday. So I want to do communion this week for mainly our, our church family and for us and, and uh, maybe not... You, you know, just so we could have this moment together and next Sunday focus on, on Friends Sunday. So uh, I want us, though, as we think about communion, I want us to have a good understanding of what really communion is all about. Uh, sometimes folks get involved in communion and, and you may say, well, why do you do it like once a quarter? Well, we typically do it once a quarter and on special occasions such as Easter and Christmas and some other times, we'll observe communion. And some folks have asked me, why don't we do it more often? Well, here's kind of what the way I lean into this with. Sometimes if we get to where we do it just like every single Sunday, it becomes just a religious activity and it loses its emphasis and it loses its focus, loses its powerfulness. And so I want to do it often enough that we are familiar with the Lord's Supper, with communion, but I don't want to do it too often that we get too familiar with it. Does that make sense? And so that's why we have decided here at Victory Church to serve communion the way that we do. And by the way, for those of you that are our guests here today, thank you for choosing to worship with us. For those of you that are not members here at Victory Church, you may be thinking, can I partake of communion? Well, here at Victory, we, we practice what is called open communion. And what that simply means is you do not have to be a member of Victory Church to partake of communion. But you do need to be a member of the body of Christ, right? I mean, you need to be part of God's family. You need to have trusted Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And I'll say this also because there's a lot of confusion about communion Taking communion does not save you in and of itself. It's really just a symbol. It's a reflection. It's a remembering what Christ did for us on the cross, his body that was broken, his blood that was shed. And it's a spirit of worship. Uh, God commanded us, the Lord Jesus commanded us to do this practice until he comes so that we would always look back and remember the cross. So the bread and, and the cup that we partake of doesn't literally turn into the body and the blood of Christ. It's very symbolic of the broken body of our Lord and the blood that was shed. And we're to do that in remembrance of him. OK, so that's a little background of what we do and how we do it. We invite you to partake in communion here just in a moment whenever we serve it. But before we do that, I wanted to just try to break it down a little bit and give you some facts concerning communion and what God's word teaches us as we gather together 
around the table. So in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, I hope you're there, verse number 23 through verse number 28. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church at Corinth. And this is what he said. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That's a key phrase. He commanded his disciples that day to do this in remembrance of me. And that in in and of itself is why we do this. Okay, we're being obedient to the command of our Lord. And then in verse 25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way, and he should eat the bread and drink the cup. Let us pray. Father, we come to a very sacred moment in our worship service when we gather together as believers around the table, around the Lord's table. And we partake of this Holy Communion, this wonderful, significant moment in all of our lives when we realize that we were sinners. And at that moment, we look back to the cross and we realize the the price that you paid on Calvary and how you died there and your blood was shed there and how you were placed in the tomb and you came out victorious. And God, we, we remember the day that you convicted us of our sins and that we repented and we asked you into our life and we began a relationship with you. Father, now as we pause in all of our busy schedules, even in our busy church schedule, we just push the pause button here and we stop everything we're doing and we remember what you did for us. Now, there's a lot of activities that that take place around this church. Uh, But God, I think it's important that we do pause, that we stop, And all the hustle and the bustle of ministry and church activity. And all the hustle and bustle in our own personal lives. And God, that we just stop for a moment and remember what you did for us. And Father, I pray that this will be a very worshipful experience for all of us. And ultimately, my prayer is, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. In just a moment, when I have a time of reflection, I pray, God, that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins. And enter into their life and begin a personal relationship with them. Thus being born again and saved and partaking of communion. We ask you to bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some folks may be wondering, today we're not dismissing our children to Children's Church because we think it's important that our children see mom and dad practice in communion. Now, if our children have accepted Christ as their Savior, they're welcome to partake of communion as well. So today we're not dismissing our kids to Children's Church, um, so I hope you can bear with us through that. But we just think it's important that we gather together as a family around the table together and that we experience the communion and the Lord's Supper together as a family. Is everybody okay with that? Uh, I think it's important we pass that on to our kids. I think it's important that our children see us carrying out our practice, our faith, Literally 
in church. And so that's why we're not having children's church today. So I, I hope that's okay with you. I want to share with you really just real quick. And I'm, I'm really, I promise you, I'm going to get hung up on the first one. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, I've got five things I want to share with you. I'm intentionally going to get hung up on the first one. The other four, I'm just going to mention, and then we're going to practice or partake of communion. But I want to share with you five facts concerning communion. Whenever we gather around the table and we can pull it straight from this passage of scripture in first Corinthians, I think there were, there were, at least five different things that we can draw from that passage of scripture that will give us a good understanding of what we're about to partake of whenever we share in communion. Fact number one, I want you to jot this one down if you will. Observing communion or observing the Lord's Supper is an act of this. It's an act of obedience and submission. Okay? You need this. Everybody say that. Say obedience. It's an act of obedience and say submission. Submission. You say, preacher, really, do we need to live a life of obedience to our God? Sure we do. Do we need to live a life of submission to our Lord? Yes, we do. Right? We sang a song just a while ago about, about how he is our Lord. You see, there's a difference between Jesus being your Savior and Jesus being your Lord. Right? There's, there's a difference. I mean, we can come to him and trust him as our personal Lord and Savior. But from then on, there's this act of sanctification that should be taking place in all of our lives to where we are surrendering more and more and more of our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, right? That's called submission. We're in submission to his authority in every single area of our lives. So whenever we come together and observe communion, it's an act of obedience. Look what the Bible says in verse 23. Paul says, I received from the Lord. Paul is saying, I received this declaration, this information, these instructions from the Lord, and he's passing it on to us. And he said, and he, when he was betrayed, it says he, he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took bread. In verse 24, he gave thanks. He broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. He said this phrase, do this in remembrance of me. So whenever we gather around the table, whenever we gather around communion together, it's an act of obedience. We're simply obeying the command of the Lord. Now, some may ask the question, is it better to worship or to obey? Because everybody loves to worship, right? We love to come in and hear the great music and, and kind of get caught up in the moment, in the spirit, and we enjoy that, that act of worship. So, question, do you think the Lord would rather us worship Him or be obedient to Him? Well, the, it's a trick question. The answer is to be obedient. And if you see the reference that I have there for you in 1 Samuel chapter number 15, and I'm not going to go back and unpack all of that and read all of that. I hope you read that chapter sometime. Matter of fact, that chapter 15 of 1 Samuel would be a good devotional chapter for you to read today. When you leave here today, this afternoon, read that chapter. And what that chapter talks about, I'll summarize it real quickly for you. What that chapter talks about, there's a king. And the king's name is Saul. And the king was given commands by, by the Lord through Samuel the prophet for him to go and kill all the Amalekites. Okay? So King Saul went out and he carried out that order. However, he did not, he was not completely obedient to the command because there was the king Agag 
who, who King Saul said, you know what, I'm going to bring him back. And I'm going to bring back some of the plunder. I'm going to bring back some of the spoils. I'm going to bring back some of the possessions of the Amalekites. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring back all of those things. And we're going to offer them up as an act of worship to the Lord. And I'm going to bring the king back alive. Long story short. He was disobedient to the Lord. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us and tells us that God was angry and Samuel was angry that what took place because King Saul was not obedient to the Lord. Okay. Matter of fact, I want to read that passage of scripture there in first Samuel chapter number 15. I just want to go and read towards the end of that of that chapter. I want you to look what it says here in verse number 20, 20 in verse number 20, first Samuel chapter 15. Saul says this, but I did obey the Lord and I went on the mission the Lord gave me and I brought back Agag, king of the Amalek, and I completely destroyed the Amalekites. Now, he did do that, but he was supposed to destroy the king and everything else, okay? Because they were, they mistreated the Israelites way back. And remember, God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And this was payday for them. But, but King Saul did not carry out the command of the Lord. And it says in verse number 21 that the troops... The troops took sheep and cattle from the plunder and the best of what was set apart for destruction to sacrifice unto the Lord. So King Saul said, you know what, I'm going I'm to keep this king alive. I'm going to bring him back and I'm going to offer him up as a sacrifice. I'm going to take all the plunder, the spoils. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to offer them up as a sacrifice. But that thing was not pleasing unto God. Then Samuel said in verse 22, does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. So really what Samuel is telling King Saul, listen, I am more concerned what ultimately the Lord is saying. I am, I am more concerned that you live a life of obedience to me more than gathering together to worship. Right? Are everybody with me? So whenever we gather around the Lord's table, I want you to know it is an act of obedience. It's, a, it's, a, it's where we are submitting more and more and more of our lives to the Lord. Now, this is kind of out, out of the norm for us. Matter of fact, some folks may look at this and say, that's a little bit barbaric, don't you think? I mean, we're eating bread that's symbolizing this body, this physical body and flesh that was broken. And we're drinking the cup symbolizing this blood that was shed. That's a little bit barbaric, don't you think? Well, our culture sometimes would look in on us doing this and think, you know, yeah, maybe that is. But I want you to know it isn't. Right. Because what it symbolizes is the cross and Jesus dying there and, and his body being being hung on that cross and his blood being shed for the remission of all of our sins. And we're carrying out in an act of obedience and submission to our Lord. We're carrying this out and we're partaking of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him. OK, so that's big. So just let me say this. When you go out and live your Christian life, it does matter how you live it. It does matter what you do. We need to live in obedience to the Lord. Okay? And the scriptures, I hold up my iPad, but it has all kind of, I try, there's, there's about 7,000 books that I just held up right there. Okay? Including many different translations of the Bible. Okay? But as we get into the word of God, and as we start studying God's word, and as, as, as the process of sanctification starts taking place in our life, and, and God's trimming things up, What's really taking place is we're beginning to be more and more obedient to the Lord. So when the Holy Spirit fingers around your heart and he reveals an area in your life that maybe we haven't submitted to him, 
I want to encourage you, submit that to the Lord. I mean, he's dealing with you and me. He deals with all of us like that for a reason. He wants to grow us spiritually. So fact number one, whenever we partake of communion, is it's an act of obedience and submission. I told you I was going to get hung up on that one, okay? Now, the other four I'm just going to mention, and we're going to go on through these. Number two, I want you to jot this one down. Not only is it an act of obedience and submission, but number two, it's an act of commemoration. We're commemorating something whenever we come together. Look in verse 24 and verse 25. This bread is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper. And this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we are commemorating the death of our Lord, the forgiveness of sins that we have in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I told you I was going to be quick. Number three, jot this one down. Communion also is an act of proclamation. What are we proclaiming whenever we gather together around the table? Look at verse number 26, 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know what we're proclaiming? Whenever we gather around the table together, we're proclaiming the Lord's death. That Yes, our salvation is found in the person of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Not in my good works, not in how good of a person I can be, not in me turning over a new leaf. My salvation is not found in me, right? Your salvation is not found in you, right? Our salvation, we are proclaiming that our salvation is found in the cross, in the person of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do this for how long, church? How long? Until he comes. So what else are we proclaiming? We're proclaiming that as we do this together, yes, we're looking to the cross, we're looking back to Calvary, but we're also proclaiming, hey, the trumpet's going to sound one day. Jesus is coming. You see, some folks don't even want to think about that. But I promise you, he is on his way. And what we need to do, we need to get ready, right? He is coming again. You say, preacher, I've heard that my whole life. And I'm getting a lot older now. And I've heard that preach for generation after generation after generation. Do you really think he's coming? Listen, if I didn't think he was coming, I probably wouldn't even be here this morning. Right? If I didn't think there was a God in heaven and I, I didn't think there was a hell to shun and I didn't think there was a Jesus that died for me and I didn't think that he promised that he would come back to me for me, I probably wouldn't even be here today. And you wouldn't either. We'd have no purpose in doing that. But I promise you, he is coming again. I was talking to Brother John the other day. We were kind of walking, doing something. And I said, you ever think about what's going to happen next? You ever think about when this life that we live either comes to an end or the Lord comes and, and he was talking about that quick, how our bodies were going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye when the Lord comes and, and when the rapture takes place and, you know, the whole world today for two weeks have been looking for this plane out of Malaysia that's lost. They don't even they have any clue where it is. The whole world's looking. That's just one plane. Can you imagine the day when the rapture takes place? Boom! I scare you? That's how fast it's going to take place. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to be gone. These clothes are not going with me. They're going to fall right here on this platform. Same thing with you. I mean, just think. Thousands, millions, hundreds of thousands and all these people that have trusted Christ as their Savior are going to leave when the Lord comes. What a day that's going to be. And I pity those that are left behind and trying to pick up the pieces of all of that. 
and the research. Can't you imagine what the 24-hour-a-day newscast is going to be doing on that day? What happened? What happened? Well, let me tell you, he's coming again. And what we need to do is be ready. And, and I know a lot of folks get hung up in the doctrine of last things. And just let me tell you this. You focus on your relationship with Jesus Christ and everything else will take care of itself. Some people get really hung up on that and they get really concerned. They get really worried. They get really fearful and all that. Listen, you know what? You don't really have to get hung up on a lot of that stuff. You trust in Jesus Christ. You be sure your relationship with him is where it needs to be. He will take care of you. The rest of the stuff he will take care of. Right? Right? So we're proclaiming the Lord's death and we're proclaiming that he is coming again. Number four, and this is, I kind of got ahead of myself, but we're showing a little bit of anticipation here. Okay? That's number four. It's an act of anticipation. We're proclaiming the Lord's death and we are anticipating the return of the Lord. I love Acts 1.11. That's a great little reference verse for you. Acts 1.11. Then said the men of Galilee, why do you stand up gazing into heaven? This same Jesus. I like that. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come again in like manner as you have seen him go. You see, I'm glad that whenever the Lord comes back and whenever his return is to call the church out, that he's not going to send the angels to come get us. The Bible says this same Jesus that's being ascended up to you today is coming again. Amen. And he's coming back for us. So it's this anticipation. Number five, jot this one down and I'm done. Whenever we gather around communion, it's an act of examination. Now pay attention to this. In verse number 27 and 28, the Bible says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread. Everybody say whoever. whoever. That whoever is you and me. Okay? For today, that whoever is you and me. Okay? So here is here's a warning. Alright? I want you to get this. This is the verse of Scripture that I got saved with. And I've shared this with you many times. I'll share it briefly once again. When I was in my youth group at Penelope Baptist Church back in Hickory, North Carolina, this is the verse of Scripture, the passage of Scripture that God convicted my heart, that I gave my heart, my life to Christ with, because as a youth group on that Sunday evening, we had a large youth group, fairly large church. We were gathered together, and just as a youth group, we were having communion. Okay, and our youth pastor was up there and he was preaching like I am and the table was set and we were getting ready to have communion. And now get this, that Sunday morning I went to church and all day that Sunday afternoon, well actually right after church, we all went out to eat together. That's just what we all did. Everybody went to the local steakhouses together and we just all went out to eat together. I mean, we'd fill the places up. There were like three or four steakhouses in our whole church. We tried to beat the Methodist church right down the street there. That was kind of, that was kind of the goal. I remember growing up, we thought well, we're going to beat the Methodists today. The preacher was short and we would get there and sometimes they would beat us. Sometimes we would beat them, but there was a race to the steakhouse. So church was over. We raced to the steakhouse and then our youth gathered together. We were at church all day on Sunday because what was happening, our youth pastor, he would get all the boys and we had a gymnasium in the wintertime, but in the spring and the fall, we had a big football field and we'd go out there and we played football. I mean, from the, as soon as we left the steakhouse, we went back to the church and we played football, not hung out with those guys in the wintertime. We played basketball together. I mean, that's just what we did all day on Sunday. And then we rolled in there stinking and nasty and sweaty and jeans all torn up. And after playing football, then we went to church as a youth group. And that's just what we did. And we gathered in there together. And I mean, there's, there's about a hundred, over a couple hundred of us there. Okay. And we're all in there together and we had communion. And my youth pastor got to this passage of scripture and he said, 
I want everyone that has trusted Christ as their personal Savior to get up out of your seat right now. Come down here and let's start filling. Now, we had pews in our church back then. Fill up these pews from the front back because we're going to observe communion. And he read this verse of Scripture. He says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way. He should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And then he goes on to talk about how some are sick because they've partaken in an unworthy manner. The King James Version says some are, some are asleep, which just simply means that some have died because they've taken the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. How do we take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? We partake of communion when we haven't accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. So our youth, our youth pastor said, if you've trusted Christ your Savior, I want you to get up and come to the front. Now, us guys, we were stinking and sweaty and blue jeans torn and T-shirts. And we'd been playing football all afternoon. And we came in for youth group that night. And we were kind of sitting in the back. Well, there were my buddies I was sitting beside. One was Jeff Siegel and Chris Folk and Gordon Hicks. And I could, I could name you a bunch of them. And we were all sitting back there in the back. And I remember Jeff got up, went to the front. Chris got up. He was the pastor's son and went to the front. And I watched Gordon get up and go to the front. And more and more of my friends, I watched them get up. And they were just filling in the seats in the front. That's all they were doing. And I sat there. And that's when I realized I was part of the youth group. I was in a Sunday school class. I was in church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. I was at church all week long in different activities and events that the youth group was involved in. But I realized then that there was a separation between me and my buddies. And I realized then they had trusted Christ as their Savior and I never had. And so right before they served, our youth pastor said, and he really addressed all of us in the back. He said, for those of you that have not come forward, I want you to examine yourself right now. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to pray and trust Christ as your Savior. And boy, I remember when they shared the gospel. Man, it's just like a, the weight of the world was lifted off me. The heaviness that I had on my spirit and my heart because I realized I was separated, that I was lost. I remember coming to the front and him leading me to the Lord. Mark Folk led me to the Lord. And then they came down there and personally gave me communion. So whenever we do this, my mind races back to that. And I want to give you that same opportunity. I'm not going to ask anybody to move up or anything like that. But I am going to ask you this. Have you trusted Christ as your personal Savior? And if you haven't, right now is the time I would like for you to do that. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And I'm going to ask our men to come forward if they will get the table ready to serve. I want to give you an opportunity right now to trust Christ as your Savior. And then you can share in communion with us this morning. So if you're here today and you've already trusted Christ as your Savior, I invite you to partake of communion today. I welcome you to gather around the table. Let's worship together in communion. Let's remember what Christ has done for us. But if you're here today and you say, boy, I'm just not sure. And I certainly don't want to take communion in an unworthy manner. Let me help you this morning. Right now, just in the stillness of this moment, will you just bow your head and Close your eyes and whisper this prayer to the Lord. Say, dear God, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross, that you are coming again as your word teaches. And I believe that you bore the sins of the whole world. You even bore my sins on the cross. And Father, right now, I just ask you to forgive me. 
I trust in what you did on the cross for my salvation. I pray you forgive me of my sins. You come into my life. You be my Lord and my Savior. God, I give my life to you right now. The best I know how, I give my life to you. Be my God. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Father, for the individuals that may have prayed that prayer this morning, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Do we know Jesus? Father, I pray that we all now can partake of communion together and worship you together. Father, we ask you to bless, bless the bread and bless the cup that's about to be passed out to everyone. Father, may this be a holy time when we just reflect back and we remember, as you've commanded us to do, what you did on the cross, where our salvation lies. Father, we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.